Before today's episode, I wish to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, and recognise their continued connection to the beautiful land and sea. I'd also like to pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging, and I extend this acknowledgement to the traditional owners of the land my listeners are on. Welcome to Ritual the Podcast, your cottage in the woods, a sacred space for the witches, the healers, the magical folk to meet and speak of wisdom, witchery, and old world magic, where people come to learn, to hear stories, to share secrets, and to be free to be their true selves. Welcome to Ritual. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Ritual. My name is Amy Harvey, and today we have got a guest who you have heard before, but uh, she's someone that I had to come back because I love her so much, and I feel like we could sit here for maybe four, five, 20 days (laughs) just talking and picking her brain because... She is full of so much wisdom and so many amazing lessons that I think need to be shared and haven't been shared. And I am so grateful to have her with me again. And I know that this is an episode that you guys loved. I still get messages about it. So I know as soon as you see her name flash up, you're going to be like, she's back. Our witchy mom is back. But today we have got the amazing Stacey DeMarco back here again. Hello, Stacey. Hello. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me. Always Thank you for being episode. here. Oh, yeah. The last episode, like people just, they resonate with you so much because you oh. just like say it how it is. You just say whatever, you know, needs to be said without sugarcoating it, but in a way that it's like, it's just good. You're just good at what you do, Stacey. <laughs> <laughs> look, I think, look, I think there's just a lot of BS. There's so much. Um, in our area so I guess you know from the beginning of you know my witchy career I Mm -hmm. one of the things I really wanted to do was to demystify things I love that to make it um yes there's things that should always remain sacred and mysterious and Mm -hmm. um but also some of the more obvious things they don't need to be complex no we're all really busy and you know, um, I think one of the things I keep hearing from students and from, you know, people that write to me, it's like, I don't have time to do all of this stuff. You know, I, I'm a really busy mom. I, or I'm looking after my parents or I'm, you know, whatever, you know, and mm-hmm. I don't have time to do all this big ritual and uh, and it's like, but you don't have to. No. You know, you don't have to. You can do, you know, simple, beautiful um, mm-hmm. things that make your life better yeah. um, without, without having to do the full-on, you know, um, aesthetic all the time. Yeah, I think so. That's something that I've been talking to my friend about a lot because she's very similar to me. We both have kids. We both run our own, like, witchy business. So we're very, like, there's Mm. always something happening. And sometimes I feel pressure that I should be doing these amazingly big ritual things all the time. But then when you think about it, I think one of the most powerful things that you can do is simply to acknowledge something because that's more than a lot of people do. 
And when you have like a Sabbath and like, you know, a star is coming up, you might get to it and go, I honestly have no fucking time to sit down (laughs) and do a ritual or make a big feast. But maybe you could sit outside and just acknowledge the fact that nature is changing, the season is changing, and you might notice that flowers are coming out or something like that. That in itself is a really magical, small, simple ritual. Observation. Yeah. You know, like, I, you know, the idea of <clears throat> observing, mm-hmm. you know, watching the signs of nature, you know, right now as we're talking, it's spring, you know, really it's the end of end of winter, but spring in, in the Southern Hemisphere. Thank and, God. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and, and for weeks now, you know, I've been watching the different birds come in. This is yeah. the way I always know, right? Ah, I'm listening. Oh, whipbird's back or, ah, you know, like all the fe- Fairy wrens are starting and, you know, like, mm. I, I, you know, our big sea eagles we see are starting to do their dance in the sky together. Oh, cool. You know, like I know it's, it's and the breeze has moved and things like different plants are coming up and mm-hmm. my bees are a lot more, um, you know, out there doing their thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that observation is a very key part of, you know, paganism, right, yeah. which, you know, Earth honoring path of the witch, you know. So um, I think, you know, you're right. Just, you know, one of the things I'm getting some students to do at the moment is, you know, to, to sort of ram home this idea that every moon is a magical moon. Yes. Just all the memes we see at full moon, you know, all the memes mm-hmm. we might see starting now on new moon. <laughs> every moon is a magical moon. Yeah. If you know how. And, you know, I'm trying to get <laughs> to go outside five minutes every night, five minutes. If you can't find five minutes for yourself, there's something a little bit wrong. Absolutely. Right, so go outside and look for the moon and just sit there and look and let yourself feel what you feel and you're going to find every moon is a magical moon, even that sort of boring one that's a half moon that's mm-hmm. and nothing for anybody. But if you know how to use that moon magically, it is just as powerful as a full moon. I agree. My favorite moon is the dark moon. Yeah, yeah, because I'm like, it literally, oh, hello. This is Ragnar, everybody. Hello, Ragnar. Saying hello. He always, you'll probably get a bum in a minute. (laughs) This is his favorite thing. (laughs) Everyone is bum. There you go. Thank you Look so much. Lovely. Thank you. I feel very, very honoured. All of you have just been blessed by Ragnar. Right? We're going to have a good day today. Yeah. I um, I love that the dark moon is kind of like the forgotten child because everyone's like the full moon, gotta banish the new moon, blah blah blah. But the dark moon, yeah. it like has this amazing deep wisdom and quiet, and I love that because. Everything is so go, go, go all the time. But the dark moon just tells you to stop doing everything and just simply think or be or just feel. And I love that. It's it's the place of full possibility. Yeah. People think of it like the void. There's nothing there. It's boring. So much there. It's like, oh, my God, it's my favorite. Like I'm born on a dark moon, so I, I, I like that anyway. But the idea of my, you know, like a dark a dark moon bath, like yeah. moon bath, lots of salt, get in, just sit there and let everything I don't want go. Right? I love that. Right? <laughs> Release it. And guess what? We all get a chance to do that once a month. How good is that for your mental health? I know. Bath, just sit there 
let it be. And then the next day you're planting the seeds. The next day you're planting seeds in that fallow field, right? You've got the new moon. So I find that dark moon, new moon combination super great, right? Like super powerful. So, you know, I make sure if I'm going to do any lunar magic, that it's that combination. Yes. (laughs) What do you think, Ragnar? What do you think? Yeah, Dark Moon. Yeah. (laughs) Ragnar and Ragnar and my other cat Axel, they go crazy when the because the my house, the arc of the moon comes across uh, this time of year. Nice. The house. So they go absolutely crazy when the moon comes in. So he his favorite moon would definitely be full moon. Definitely. Yeah. (laughs) And all his power. Now, I'm not going to ask about how you became a witch because we already yeah. talked about that. Oh, if yeah. people haven't yeah. heard it, then you need to go back and listen. Go, to go back to the last Stop one. Stop listening to this now. <laughs> um, but I will ask because the first question is always, I've kind of disappeared into the shadows. Ooh, I kind of like <laughs> Very like mysterious. Yeah. <laughs> I always ask about people's morning rituals that they yeah. do. Yeah. Has your does yours change then now that we're coming more into spring? Is there something that you started to do more than you normally would during the winter? Well, I'm up earlier, yeah. right? Like because I tend to get up with the light, right? Yes. I'm one of those crazy, you know, early risers. Me people. too. Um, so I will get up, you know, at the moment it's it's quite early. First mm-hmm. light, and I will go outside and I'll do a little bit of power raising, like energy mm-hmm. raising, just putting my feet in the dirt, pulling up, connecting in with everything. Yeah. Literally five minutes, like before I shower, before I, you know, like if the dogs are really hanging out for something to eat, I might feed them first. And then yeah, always got to feed the dogs yeah, first. Like, yeah, feed, all, <laughs> feed all the, the children. First. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I'll go out and do that. And that, grounds me and it it focuses me in some way for the day right and this is I think really important to do in particular if you know you've got a huge day ahead yeah I like like you're thinking oh my god I've got this huge day and I'm a bit worried about it or I've you know I've this I've got this hard meeting with someone or yeah some complex thing you've got to do just plugging in you know that's what I call just the plug in the morning Mm -hmm. plug in it just gives me a um, a groundedness, you know, yeah. a connection, a nice firm connection, and then I've got this beautiful feeling of I can pull in whatever I need elementally, you know, mm-hmm. you know, think about it like that if you're not pagan, but just pulling in whatever I need to pull in, right? And I always feel like I'm much more prepared for the day when I do that. Yeah. And then if um, it's a special day, let's say it's, you know, one of the, the eight celebrations of Wheel of the Year, well, mm-hmm. then I might do something different to that. Um, but with the, the seasons changing, it's, you feel, if you already, if you do plug in every day, you're feeling the change mm-hmm. of energy, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, I'm feeling way back in in bulk. You know, you're, you feel the warmth, you feel the shake and bake starting to happen, right? You feel the energy loosen yeah um, and the warmth come back right mm-hmm. and it's so it doesn't matter how you know cold it is or whatever you know if there is a wheel of the year happening obviously I will do something yeah additional or if it's a special uh celebration day for one mm-hmm. of my 
patronesses or you know patron gods then I will do something a little bit different for that Mm -hmm. um but generally I try and have a rhythm and a routine yeah you know that is simple that's not lengthy that I know no matter what I've got going on I can do it yeah there's comfort in that as well yeah even when I travel even when I travel I can do it yeah I find because I love to wake up around like 5 a.m that's usually my wake up time and it's still dark but I love that because I love the moment that liminal space between like the day and the night and you can feel the shift of like nature starting to wake up and it's like all those liminal doors are open even like for five minutes and you you can feel that wisdom coming through of like what do I need to know for the day what do I you know need to feel or whatever and it just like rushes through and then it goes and I love that moment the French have this beautiful saying in English, it translates to between the dog and the wolf. Ah. And about the twilight, the liminal time of twilight. I love that. It's, you know, the daytime is like the dog, but the nighttime is the wolf. Yes. It's the time between the dog and the wolf. And that <laughs> liminal thing is, oh, if I, I love it. You know, Me I love too. Liminal times. Mm-hmm. Right? And even... You can find it in tides. Yeah. So that time where you've got tide coming in, tide coming out, there is this kind of minute or so where you you've got that balance time. Yeah. Super magical to do work. It's like um before a storm as well, when you can feel the energy shifting and you're like, oh yeah. 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 So speaking of traveling as well, I need to ask. How was Norway? <laughs> oh I'm so God, jealous. Right. Any Norwegians out there, I love your country. I love, <laughs> I love your culture. I love Norwegians, um, which is a really straight, you know, people sort of go, oh, Norwegians, they're, they're, you know, the further up you go, there's this sort of thing about, oh, they're just so, um, you know, there's not a lot of emotion. There's not a lot of, and I don't find that at all. Like I love, um, I love Norway and Greenland. And, you know, this time I was lucky enough to go, uh, oh God, up the, right up the top of Svalbard, which is top, you know, Norwegian, but mm-hmm. top. so it was the furthest North I've got been, which was like 81 degrees North. So quite high. Wow. How did it feel? Um, Oh gosh, I love it so much. I love the ice and the snow and and I, you know, I, I really love um the stories of of you know the, the cultural stories that yeah. you know I, it, it's um the plants are super interesting. Yeah. Um very small, um, you know, that they're like miniature versions of plants that are bigger everywhere else just because of how tough it is. You know, <laughs> the environment is so tough. Um, managed to see a polar bear, which was like, oh, wow. I'll send you a picture. Please do. Like, you know, you, you kind of think you, you know what they look like until you actually see one in the, in the, uh, environment, you know, and you're just sort of like, oh my God, they're so massive. Yeah. So breathtakingly beautiful and awe inspiring. And it, what it does is it just makes you think I'm going to do whatever I can, you know, to try and you know do whatever I can around climate change and you know because you see these guys struggling on the ice or you know you know we've just had this issue of course in the other side of the world the Antarctica 
with the with the um, emperor penguin babies, you know, on mass. So it's you know we, you know, when you actually see it um, and you see ice, um, it, it is so incredibly beautiful. Mm. The sound of it, it's like putting milk on rice krispies yeah you know, like, yeah the crack you think it's going to be quiet but it's not you know it's snap crackle pop everywhere you go mm. um, and you think historically you know these absolutely crazy explorers that's all i you, they've got a death wish that's all i've got to say like, <laughs> they do out there camping you know for days in the middle of nowhere in the and it's, you know, gosh, it was summer for, for, for me when I went and it's still, you know. Freezing. Cold, yeah. <laughs> and just nothing. It's like a polar desert. They call it a polar desert. And you just sort of think it's incredible. Mm. You know, and more so how the Inuit peoples of the far north, how they thrive. Yeah. You know, and the Indigenous knowledge is is breathtakingly deep and complex. and They work with the land. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and you know, there's a deep respect and for the land, and the stories are amazing. Mm. The the markings, the art, the tattoos, the you know, yes. everything is, um, you know, like I I fall in love with you know whole hemispheres sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, it, it's um, it, I really encourage people not just <laughs> go on holidays and sit by a pool. Um, you know, if you can manage you know financially or um you know physically to, to get to places that are remote mm-hmm. uh, do try and choose it once in a while yes. you know um just to understand nature a little bit more the observation we were talking about earlier yeah this um you know, feel cold, you know, understand. Get out of your comfort zone. It actually is, yeah, like don't sit or feel heat, you know, don't sit in air conditioning all the time. Yeah. You know, like just, just try and, you know, encounter something without a lot of noise or without a lot of light, you know, going to places where you, you know, like you're actually seeing a night sky in all its entirety, mm-hmm. as, you know, without light pollution. Yeah, mind blowing. It is yeah. mind blowing, right? So, so you know, we have places dark, dark uh, reserves in Australia, um, and they're pretty much all over the world now. So, you know, going to one of those and actually seeing what a sky should look like outside of the city, yeah, um, it just deepens. It, it cannot help but deepen your connection with, with what is. Yeah. Know? And where we live, like as a planet, not just your city, like yeah, we should yeah. care about every little, you know, hot spot, cold spot, forest, whatever, because they will be gone one day. And if you if you never saw it, well, then you missed out. You well, know, yeah, I think I think there's this whole thing about you. You know, I've thought this for a really long time that we save what we love. You know, yeah, what we know at least, yeah. You know? So I think, you know, uh, I, you know, my husband and I have done a lot of hiking in the Tarkeen in, mm-hmm. in Tasmania and it's super remote. Like the area that we go to, you actually can't walk in. You've got to get a little boat and go in and oh. you know, walk for days. And you're lucky to see other people at all, you know. Um, <coughs> out, you've got to kind of get a boat. To, to, somebody's got to be there to pick you up. And, yeah. You know, 
um, got to carry all your gear and all your food. And going along that close to the land and the landscape and seeing the animals and understanding a little bit about the ecosystem and to think that that part of the world was going to be wiped out. You know, like, like you know, the whole Tarkin and still, I mean, they're fighting against the logging that's going. That's yeah. Going. So, you know, if people, more people went to places, the National Park there and actually took a day walk, you don't have to be there for days. You yeah. Just take a day walk and, you know, there's there's the wombats coming out at night. Hello, I'm a wombat. You know, <laughs> another one, hello. <laughs> Our campsite, we counted like it was like a wombat superhighway. We counted like 10 wombats. Wow. Our camp, you know, and, and, you know, we'd sit there and watch them in, in the night and it was just so beautiful. Mm. I think that area would have been logged. It would have been taken out, you know, if, if people hadn't. That's fought. crazy. Yeah. I think we got to fight for the places we love. Absolutely. I definitely agree with that. That's something I could talk about for hours. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> now. You have a new book. Yes. Here it is. You've got it. I've, I've got, got it. Too. It's very, like I was, I was, somebody said to me yesterday, did you know the Barbie movie was coming out with all that pink, you know? And I'm like, no. And it's, this is magenta kids. Yeah. It's, it's not pink. Magenta. <laughs> um, but no, we like, I don't know if my designer knew, I don't think so, but um, yeah, like, there's a lot of debate about this much magenta, let me tell it you. It stands out. It's a power yes, colour. Yes. <laughs> so like, the hard thing is, is this book isn't just for women, but like which man is going to pick that up? <laughs> but um, The ones that need to. The ones that need to, maybe, yes. You're right. So, so it's called Priestess Path. Yeah. So let's, before we go into the book, can we go back in time a little bit? Yeah. And can you explain what was or what is a priestess and what did their life look like because I don't think it's something that people really have that much knowledge of anymore unfortunately so what exactly was a priestess okay so if we want to go back into time okay like way back let's go way back (laughs) back. most cultures had some kind of spiritual or religious practice Mm -hmm. right and there were people that were the conduits between the people and the gods. Um, they were the healers. They had various roles, wisdom, uh, knowledge keeping. There's a whole bunch depending on the culture. And I'll, I'll yep. get into some specific ones in a minute to help help this along. But um, And before the big wave of Christianity, some of those wisdom keepers, conduits, whatever word you want to put in there, were women yeah in fact many of them were okay Mm -hmm. so there were priestesses of particular gods and goddesses that looked after those particular gods and goddesses that had knowledge that was particular to the workings of those gods and goddesses we have um particular state priestesses when we'll talk about the vestals in a minute which is a really good example of that yep we've got um like uh, political kind of animals, a little bit like the druidesses of of, uh, the UK. People, you know, don't really realise just how, you know, involved in politics, you know, the the priestesses of of Britain were. 
Um, and you've got, you know, a whole, like in the Norse culture, women were very high, you know, could be raised very high in political and, and in temples, running temples, you know, that sort of thing, which which were connected in with the running of the state. Yeah. Right? So it wasn't until Christianity and other monotheistic religions came across that we had this, oh, it's just a God and therefore it's just men who are involved in this. And they yeah. be. And that went across to healing as well, of course. So, you know, you know, it's it's only been really a hundred years since, you know, women were permitted to to learn medicine. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like we're not we're not talking about a long time ago, <laughs> no. you know. Um so priestesses, but but there's this overarching thing I talk about when I talk about priestesses that unlike TikTok priestesses, uh, <laughs> we've got more than the flower crown. Yeah. To wear. <laughs> one thing that you do as a priestess is you are of service. Yes. Okay. Not servitude, very big distinction, but you're of service to the community. Can you explain the difference? Yeah. Okay. So if we think about service and servitude, in if you're going to be of service, there's a kind of idea of free will. Yeah. <laughs> And there is a, what I call the sacred boundary of self, that we don't dig into the sacred boundary of self and make it so that we are giving, 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 and we end up falling over, burning out. Yeah. We don't have our own lives. We, we can't offer creativity. We can't offer the strengths that we have as human beings, as individuals. Yeah. Okay? And, it's, and it, I want you to think of, women right now where you know like you you've got kids and imagine you know you're a little bit further down the track and you might even have parents who are aging that you've got to look after and I know a lot of women sort of around my age that have got sort of grownish kids and they've got an elderly parent and they're squashed in between yeah caring and then hang on a minute what do I got where's my life I thought I'd be able to do X, Y, Z at this age, but I'm I'm not. Yeah. I want to be of service to my family and to myself, but I can't. So therefore they're locked into servitude. Right. Which is I'm having to do it. I have no choice. I have a like this sort of very small um ability for myself to to have everything that I might want to express and do. And, and there's just no room for that. Yeah. So we're not, none of us are here to be of servitude. No. None of us, okay? Mm-mm. That's slavery. That's, <laughs> you know, like, that's yeah. what I'm here to do. We're not here to do that. But we, we as priestesses, um, there were, their, their number one role was to serve, like mm-hmm. God first, if that was the role, um, God or goddess, the, the community, um, assist in whatever way that the their um the cult and when I say cult guys I don't mean like the modern <laughs> cult a cult yeah put this white robe on <laughs> a cult in the ancient world was sort of like a you know this is the cult of Athena we can go into this temple and you know people that liked Athena that was sort of a cult mm-hmm. back, back yeah not now we go <laughs> now it's a little bit weird no, Char- <laughs> 
whatever the thing is that we've got to do, get attached to it, I don't know. Um, but this is, this is um, you know, depending on the mysteries of that cult, depending on what your service was. Mm-hmm. So to give you an example, very famous, the Vestals, you know, which were the, the priestesses of Vesta in ancient Rome. In the middle of Rome, there was a, a, a fire because Vesta is the goddess of the hearth, of the mm-hmm. heart. Um, this idea of keeping the home fires burning in the middle of Rome, the biggest, you know, empire at the time, you have this amazing round building that has the fire and that fire can never go out. So the Vestals have to tend that fire. Wow. It's kind of like the idea of the heart of Rome, that this heart. Yeah. Which is very, very beautiful. Vestals were trained, were brought in at six years old. Whoa. You had to be generally patrician, which meant the higher caste in Rome. Everyone wanted a daughter as a Vestal, right? Because it was very politically good. And you could say, oh, I have a Vestal in my family. <laughs> it's a bit of a flex. A, a great flex, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, like a priestess flex. And, um, and the Vestals had to remain virgins, okay? They had to mm-hmm. remain pure uh, to be able to do the work of Vesta. If that was broken um then the the sort of idea of the purity of the flame was sort of damaged yeah if you did that uh you had a bad death they would bury you alive oh yeah not good and we know that because we found vestal tombs which is not great you trained until you're about 16 to 18 or from six all the way through and then you started doing the proper work you know as as a you know as a fully fledged vestal um the vestals and here's the real (laughs) (laughs) as a vestal you were educated girlfriend you were educated just like a male you know of you know of a higher class you were mixed with politicians you were able to go through the streets of rome and not have to be veiled or wow and people would bow down to you as a vestal right so you had great respect as a vestal yeah we know first-hand accounts of vestals after um a certain age in their 30s they were relieved of duty Mm -hmm. and um everyone wanted a vestal as a wife right i can imagine (laughs) i got vestal but Vestals were, why would you, as a Vestal, after all this freedom and, you know, you can do what you want really except mm. for hang out with a man um, and all this important work and all these connections, why would you marry? I know, right? unless he was, like, so really good. Vestal <laughs> didn't marry, right? They were like, no, I'm okay. I'm all right. <laughs> I have seen uh, I'm things. I'm going to be a translator or I'm going to be this or that. Yeah. Jobs, right? So um, some married, yes, and that was a flex for that family that, yes, it was a Vestal <clears throat> family. Um, and some of those Vestals were able to kind of, you know, create whole dynasties of wow. other Vestals, you know, like and super, um, you know, let's say influential in their in their city. Right. So, you know, if you wanted something done, you might go to an ex vest of the Chinese. Yeah. Buttons to make it happen. <laughs> so, you know, but a lot of the Vestals did not marry afterwards because they could have a good life. Yeah. They didn't need to. 
freedom, right? You yeah. could see it would be quite um, a interesting dynamic with <clears throat> because obviously men had a lot of power, especially for non like yeah, yeah. yeah, and so yeah. imagine having a wife who is educated, who has seen everything, who knows everyone, who's so respected, and then you almost have to compete for who yeah, is. Yeah. Like you'd but need not, someone very not, open. Yeah, but not just that. She knows the secrets in a lot of ways, right? So because one of the major things <clears throat> is if you had a contract or you had a birth in your family or you wanted to adopt someone or you wanted to place your will somewhere, you would get a lawyer to write it out and everything would be signed and witnessed by a vestal in the temple. Then it would be uh, put in for safekeeping no no electronics we can't have things on the computers right like mm-hmm. so it would be put in for safekeeping with the vestals mm-hmm. so the vestals knew everyone. everyone's deep dark secrets yeah, like, and it, was, <laughs> it was you know obviously confidential and that was part of what it is but they still when know you leave hang on baby <laughs> i know who he's leaving it to you know yeah money is i know like so you know like it, you it want was, them to be your friends you want a vestal on yourself. <laughs> and then, in, you know, ancient Greece, uh, the Herrera, which are the, the priestesses or the temple priestesses, you know, they obviously looked after the gods or goddesses that they were looked after, you know, that they were assigned to. Um, but, you know, also they too were educated. Yeah. They too had a, a different kind of standing. And if you think about it, if you are a priestess in Oh, like <laughs> Athena's temple or the, the you know gods of war, Mars, you know that okay. kind of thing. You you have a very big kind of say in what happens in war. Yeah, what happens in the running of you know a state like Athens at the time. So you know there's there's um power in yeah. those priestesses. Yeah, mm. and then you've got like. Britain, you've got the the druid, you know the druids and the druidesses, and you often have a, a female druid, high ranking, you know, let's call her a priestess, and she, you know, Julius Caesar. Here we are again, poor Julius Caesar. <laughs> right, you know that you can read the works of Julius Caesar mm-hmm. passed down, obviously, and um, he talks about some of the exchanges he has with the Britons with the Druids and how kind of like, like, I can't believe it. I'm negotiating with a woman. Yeah. yeah heaven and forbid. I can't, believe, <laughs> and I can't believe how bloodthirsty they are <laughs> and how they fight and they make magic before even the fight. Everyone's scared of them because of the way they look. And they take my men and they put them in cages and they burn them up in trees. And, you know, like, I just still can't believe that I'm negotiating with a woman, you know? So it's, you know, the, all the different cultures, you know, have a different way. Yeah. Dealing with the priestesses or who priestesses were and what their jobs were. Hey everyone, I'm just going to pause today's episode for a moment. I hope you're enjoying it. It sounds super interesting. If you're enjoying this podcast and you're thinking, hey, how could I support this show? Then the best way to do that is to jump over to Patreon and become one of my patrons where you'll get access to additional content, videos, bonus episodes of Ritual with Amy Harvey, that is me, 
learning tools to help you on your witchy path and special discounts to my online store, rosongcottage.com. Take it away, voiceover guy. That's right. Simply head to patreon.com forward slash Cottage to get all the goodies and support your favourite podcast in the entire world, Ritual with Amy Harvey. Now, back to the show. They almost have like a Valkyrie kind of vibe to them as well where they have that power that people just don't want to mess with because knowledge is power but also they could whoop your ass if they needed to (laughs) some of them yes yeah and and look you know it depends on you know the cultures you know some of the far north you know you you and I were talking about Vikings the show Vikings and you know the priestesses there you know like they were right in there you know um crowning a king to births, deaths, you know, like all of this sort of thing. This the whole of the culture of of um the gods and goddesses there ran through everything. Yeah. So the first parliament was in, you know, in the Norselands, right? So, you know, there is there is a re- really big connection between not just spiritual power, but actual uh administrative power in a lot of these cultures. Absolutely. And so then jumping forward to now, what does a priestess look like now? Because it is a term that does get thrown around quite a lot. Um, But what would you say that a priestess is now? A priestess is of service. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to repeat it, right? So so a real priestess is someone who serves. Yep. Either the gods, the community, that whole thing. Mm -hmm. But also... At, you know, if you look at all the training, all the all the priestesses that I know, um, you know, they're, some of them are elders, you know, yep. in, in communities, they stand apart in some way, like they have a, um, a wisdom about them, they have a respect from the community. They The biggest difference now is um, back in the day, they were supported by their community. Mm. Okay? So, so as if I'm serving the community, as clergy, let's call it clergy, right? Or as you know, as a priestess, I get my food paid for. I get yeah. a position. I get, you know, I get the advantage of being able to actually work with, you know, my community. Sort of like Christian churches now. You know, you go to a Christian church and there's a priest. You know, yeah. he gets his accommodation. He gets paid. He, you know, he gets support. Mm. We don't have that equivalent, often, no, right? In in other cultures, yes, but in sort of Western culture, it's pretty rare. Mm. Um, you know, people will often say, "Oh, why don't you guys? You know, you guys meaning pagans? Why don't you you have a community? Why you know, like what you know, a clergy? Why don't you go out and do this and this and this?" And it's sort of like, I actually do go out and do, you know, um, end of life I do go out and do beginning of life you know I've sung we were talking you know like I've sung so many babies in right it's great yeah but I don't get paid for that no I don't get paid for my time I don't you know um I in fact as part of my um my tradition with which is the artemistic tradition we are we are present at births and we receive no payment right that's mm. part of if we are training someone year in a day, we do not charge for year in a day. Mm. You know, I'll charge for 
you know, like the workshops I do and all of that. But if I'm training someone seriously, mm. um, there is no payment for that. That's mm-hmm. part of how how it's always been, how it's been passed along. But back in the day, that priestess training someone would have been paid by the community. Yeah, they don't so- have to worry about financial stuff like living. No, right? Mm. Yeah. So you know the the priestess the priestesses that I've worked with that I've done training with, um, they've never asked me for a cent, right? Mm. But in in return, in reciprocity, I am giving my all. I'm giving my time. I am passing on that tradition. Yeah. Right. So I will do the same. But I can tell you the amount I would cook a meal. I would you know, buy them something, I would, you know, like you you try and give back in some way. They yeah. won't accept money. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you try and, you know, uh, give time or effort or give them support in some way. Give them support in some way, right? An energy exchange. I yeah, guess. which is so important. People often don't remember that it's very important to do an energy exchange hugely important and you know and and also depending on what uh tradition you know I can't answer for all traditions you know but but there is this kind of reciprocity that should happen yeah um and if a priestess comes to give you a blessing or if a priestess does work for you um and teaches you or or comes to your home and blesses your home or clears your home or something like that you don't just go oh thanks very much and <laughs> Bye. You know, there needs to be some sort of energy exchange <laughs> just it's kind of a manner thing anyway I think so too you know? um yeah. that's that's the main difference and and still um I think these days I think priestesses are are educators yeah so you need to be yeah so if I think about you know the the priestesses I've worked with they are um, educators. Mm-hmm. You know? like they, that's the number one thing, right, that, that we try and pass on um, lessons to the younger people or the people mm-hmm. that are interested. Um, and it's not just about the magical techniques or the techniques of that tradition, which is, sure, that's one thing that's important. Mm-hmm. But it's also, I guess, what the key to this book is about is how to build your power from the inside out mm-hmm. because I think really importantly today we've got a lot of pressure outside in especially as a woman yeah um you need to look this way you need to act this way you need to you know have thighs this big you need to, <laughs> you know whatever it is like you need yeah. to use this beauty product you know this you know, I was, I always find this, I, you know, because I've come from a, you know, a marketing and PR background, journalistic background, that for me, it's really easy to see how a problem is created, a problem. And wow, this thing is a solution. It's this amazing. Product, like, <laughs> it's a problem that you didn't know you actually had, seven signs of aging, whatever. Here's a product that fixes the seven signs of age, you know, did yeah. you? There was the seven signs of aging yesterday. No, actually, I didn't. Now there's it. 12. I've got to find this thing, right? So it's, and if you've been around long enough, you see the the trends in beauty, right? Like, you know, um, you, you know, when, you know, in, in when I was sort of 
a teenager growing up, you know, you sort of had that 80s or whatever, and there was a look. Yeah, the there's 80s, always right? a look. Yeah, there's always a look, right? And I can tell you, I didn't have that look. That was not the look I had. And therefore, you know, no matter even if I tried to have a look, I didn't have, my hair wasn't big enough. My <laughs> my boobs weren't big enough. Like, I, I, you know, like that era was not kind to anyone, I don't think, but it was no, certainly not it kind never will to be. any people, like flat-chested <laughs> girls like me. But then something incredible happened. The 90s, St. Kate Moss came in. Love Kate Moss. (laughs) The way. All of a sudden, you with the vibe. (laughs) In a blonde, straight hair. You're like, wow. And overnight, I was a supermodel. Overnight, people stopped me in the street. Overnight. And it was just sort of like, what the fuck happened? (laughs) What Kate Moss happened? No, Kate Moss. Bless her and her cocaine. <laughs> yeah, we don't talk about what Kate does, but just the whole that that look, it changed everything. Giselle Bunchen, you know, brown, blonde flicks, you know, tall, also quite quite flat chested, that whole athletic thing. Oh, very kind of Stacey DeMarco, right? Like really great. You know, I can Yes, we are related. <laughs> this is great. Nobody talks to me. You know? And then all of a sudden everyone's talking to me. So it's so fickle. Yeah. It's ruthless. And if you're aware of it, you just got to go, oh, my God, it's it's funny. But there's young people coming up. Mm-hmm. I haven't had social media. I didn't have that electronic bombardment yeah. that the young women have. Um, you know, someone telling you how to do your eyelashes, someone telling you this, you know, like it's so much. It's all outside in right? So it's super important. What happens if all that goes away? What happens if you're not that thing that everybody wants? You're just empty then. You've got nothing, Mm. right? Like you're relying on the crumbs. Like I always say, if if you're relying on the crumbs from someone else's table and you're not doing your own cooking, you're going to go hungry. Yeah. And you're going to go thirsty. And we see a lot of thirsty people on social media. Look at yep. me. Here's another selfie. Tell me you love me. Right. And it just, it's, it's, it was sort of funny at first, but now it's not, not funny. Now it's a problem. It's a problem. Mm. So this book, above all, is looking at some of this, the lessons of training when you train to be a priestess or when you, a training to do to be of service yeah you have or, or in witchcraft in particular you have to have this strong core yeah right? because you know what you, in the first thing someone's going to go is oh you're a witch what kind of evil bitch are you right so are you going to stop are you going to be you know like quiet are you not going to tell anyone are you going to hide who you are okay, well, then you probably shouldn't be practising. No, it's not no, for you. It's not for you, okay? And, you know, the, the number one thing when I, um, on on my graduation day, you know, you're asked to make some vows and one of the things that I said was that I would try and always bring honour to that word. Yeah, yeah. So do I walk around with a pentagram and say, <laughs> I'm a witch? No, I don't. Like 
don't people, need to. You know, like people at my gym would probably have no idea. People like everyday people, no. And when someone asks me, what do you do? I'm an author. Mm. Cheyenne, that's what's on my tax. I'm an author. Yeah. Right. Um, what do you write about? Nonfiction. I write <laughs> I do, right? Right. And I write about the moon and I write about ancient history and I write about priestesses and I write about all this stuff. And then they'll kind of go, they'll put it together. Or they lose interest. Yeah. You can yeah? see the the change. Yeah, yeah, all good. I'm boring. I'm a I'm a non <laughs> I don't write novels. I'm so boring. I'm a okay. <laughs> And then the ones that are interested, they go, oh, kind of like like witchcraft, paganism, or so, and they kind of know. And you go, yes, I'm a witch. And then then you've got that that more of a connection rather than the wow thing. That yeah, and you like, want to talk to those people. I want to talk to those people. Mm. And they, I mean, have a great conversation. It's always good. Um, but if I came out, if I led, you know, when I first was working out how to do this, if I led with, I'm a witch, there was a, let's say a wide variety of reactions. And back in the day, you know, I'm talking 25 years ago, you know, like there would have been a, a really high percentage of those that was not positive. Yeah. And so I just thought, well, is it really relevant for most people, you know, when they're no. working or know me? No. Like I worked in the corporate world and nobody knew until I came out with my first book and then I had to tell them. Yeah. But you, I think that's like, I felt that when I was starting on my path of mm. like, oh, what are people going to think? What are people going to think? And then I, for me, I felt like the day that I went, I actually don't care if anyone yeah. found out, that was the day I became a witch because yes, you don't need to walk in and go, hey, everyone, I'm a witch because yeah. that's someone who wants attention, who wants to like cause controversy. But if yeah. you go, I know I'm a witch, but I don't need to explain to you what I am because I don't walk into a room and go excuse me what are you, are you what are you you are you, a, are you, yeah. a, you a yeah. You're I don't like, give a shit I don't give a shit right? <laughs> yeah unless you want to tell me and then I'm yeah and I'll talk to you about it yeah <clears throat> I'll ask you lots of questions so if if someone said I heard like and sometimes people say this you didn't tell me like like you didn't <laughs> tell me that you I saw your book in a in a book so you didn't tell me I'm like, what do you, do you want to know? Like, yeah. and then sort of like, does it change anything? I didn't tell you what to have for breakfast either. <laughs> oh no, but like you didn't tell, you know. <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of like if you want to know, if you had have asked more questions, I would not have, I would have told you. But yeah. like, you know, there's, it wasn't really the, the interest factor there. Yeah. Right? So, so, you know, like I, I often you know, um, my, you know, my husband is a, is a, uh, a medical professional. He's a, he's a doctor, specialist doctor, and we've got all these really interesting specialities, you know, uh, that come to dinner or whatever, you know, and someone, you know, like one of his friends, you know, like come in and, and what do you do? And they'll say, oh, I'm a urologist. And I'll go, why do you want to be a dick doctor? Why, why? Why is that right? And they're like, oh, well, and there's a I love story. it. <laughs> like, you know, and like when I see them, we always have a little joke, you know, <laughs> you know, they do this particular guy does a lot of vasectomies, right? Mm -hmm. So they have a day, one whole day where they do nothing but vasectomies. Just snip, right? snip everywhere. Snip, snip, <laughs> up, right? And then I'm like, 
How many dicks on the dance floor today? How many did you have? Oh, we did 16 today. Record. <laughs> wow. Actually, I think his record's 18, but like, yes, a lot of, that's a lot of penises to see. That's what I think. But, you know, super interesting when you ask them why, they, oh, always a great story. Yeah. So someone else, what do you do? I'm a cardiologist. Mm. Like, wow. How many chests have you cracked? Oh, <laughs> we try not to, but. But when we do, yeah, it's a big, big deal. Pretty serious. All about it, and they're like, "Thank God I'm not squeamish," because they're talking about that in great detail, and it's so interesting, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm asking them. The point yeah. is, I'm asking. So when yeah. they come and say to me, "What do you do?" I, I'm an author, and what do you write about? And then I'll talk, and and if it gets to that, all good. Yeah. Right? But if it doesn't, all good too. Yeah, exactly. You need to ask the first question to be able to get anywhere first. The conversation. Mm, Absolutely. And so with your book, because it's not just like a normal book that you would sit and read, it's actually broken up into 13 lessons. So as the author, how would you ideally want someone to read this book? I love the idea of, of doing it like a year and a day. Yeah, you know, like thirteen months, you do this tasks and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you do you just read one lesson a month, makes it easy. We're, we're all busy people, and then it's a progressive change over time. Yeah, right. And that's the way I teach it too. I've been doing, you know, obviously the workshops around this year year workshop, um, and and that gives you constant gentle change over time, <clears throat> which I think mm-hmm. is the best way, and it's the way we've always taught. Um, but I can't help myself when I read a book like this, even with tasks, you know, like I read the whole book. Me too. <laughs> and then I go back and I do, yeah. Because you soak it in and then you're yeah. like, okay, now I kind of yeah. get the gist. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So I would suggest you read it all the way through and then you go back and you get yourself a journal and you do your tasks once a month and then it's no big deal. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and you might start on a particular moon you know, so you know you've got to finish on that one mm-hmm. the next cycle, you know, mm-hmm. the next lesson. That's an easy way. That's I a would, good way to do it. Yeah, I kind of keep track that way, you know, and then you're going by the lunar cycle as well. Rather than, yep. You know, but it's I've made it small enough bites that it's not yeah. hard. And I know how everyone's busy. I'm busy. You're busy. You've got little kids, you know, like it's 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 hard. Um, So I've sort of made it joyful as well like yeah like some of it is hard work you know I've, I've got someone who's going to the, the the second one which is the second um lesson which is know thyself right yes That's really easy but it's a lifetime <laughs> lifetime and one of the things that um I'm sort of asking people to do is to consider what their values are you know like what is important to them mm. um, and you know this this particular um you know, that people often get caught on that because it's just so many things are important to me. How can I just pick 10 or five, right? Like, it, but you know what? If you just stop for a minute, mm. be gentle with yourself, you, you are going to find that there's things that are very important to you that you must have to be, yeah. right? Mm. And then a really easy way of, of telling your values or knowing yourself a bit better is to understand what, pisses you off yeah right like so what you don't like in say let's say 
you know, there's somebody you know and you really don't like them because they're they're not very generous. They're mean. They're, you know, they they they're just not. There's no reciprocity. They're you know they're just mm. self-centered around resources. Yep. So if that is really annoying to you, chances are you have a value around generosity. Yeah. Chances are you have a value <clears throat> around reciprocity and mm-hmm. and a, being generous with your time, effort, resources, those sorts of things. So. Don't, you know, I always say, don't just look at what, oh, what I'm attracted to. No, that's the wishy-washy stuff. On as well, right? <laughs> it's not easy for, for certain people to do it that way. Interesting. And what I love about the book as well is because you do get a lot of books like this and I feel like there is a lot of words and yeah. sometimes you can kind of get a little bit bored with it but I love in in all your books actually you're in them like your like attitude and sass is in the <laughs> books and I find that so good because it's like you're sitting next to like next to me reading it yeah. and you like kick people up the butt when they need to like one of them was I like my, my, myself <laughs> up the butt I mean the amount of mistakes I have made um, you know, like, and I say that, you know, like I did this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> don't you do it. <laughs> it's good. It's good though. It just brings life into it as well. Like one of them was about Hecate and the first sentence was like, be respectful. And I'm like, yes, or she'll be pissed at you. <laughs> Look, I remember the very first spell I ever did. And I've, I've written this in some other book. I can't remember which one, but I, I had a couple of people go, oh, my God, I was laughing my head off, like thinking about you, you know, yeah, a young witch doing this. But, like, I thought because I'm going to be a witch, <laughs> to go for the goddess of the witches. Totally. Everyone does. Party, <laughs> even though, like, I had a, had a relationship with Artemis anyway, but, like, I thought, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for the, you know, the darkness and I'm going to, yeah. And so I decided I was going to call her at my local crossroads, right? So uh, my local crossroads was traffic lights. Good. <laughs> and I was going to do that at midnight because that's when you did it. Of course. And I was going to go down to the crossroads with um, garlic and, you know, a whole bunch all of All the water. things. Yeah, all the things, right? And so I remember walking. It's dark. It's cold. Um there's hardly anyone there, but it's, you know, it's, I'm walking towards traffic lights. Anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I realized, oh, okay, so there's cement. Like, how am I going to bury this stuff at the crossroads when actually there's a pavement? Like, oh. It's a bit of a problem. <laughs> yeah. So I'm watching, and I'm like, okay, so I just need to find the medium strip that's closest. To the crossroads, right? So I'm thinking of all this. I'm not thinking about my focus and my purpose and intention for doing no. it. I'm, I'm thinking of logistics. All the <laughs> and, then, yeah. and as I'm going along, I'm thinking, I'm starting to get a bit scared because there's no one <laughs> around. And I'm thinking, someone could get me. I could literally I'm, die. <laughs> yeah, I could die. And then I'm thinking, no, Hakati's going to be there. So I don't <laughs> no. have to worry about that because she she's going to smite anyone who's, you know, like, no, I don't have to worry about that. So I finally get there and then I realized I didn't bring anything to bury it but then I take my shoe and I'm digging a hole and like I'm not going to bore you with how ridiculous it is but there were people very spiritual 
and they're looking at me like is is that someone who's like drunk you know like and they'd be power and I'm like this was a bad idea yeah but you have you make these mistakes I mean but you know to to her credit her cardi turn you know she's like I really felt that you tried you tried barked and the wind came up and I was like oh yeah this is great and you know the next day when I went back to the traffic lights because I thought oh probably littered maybe there's litter so I should go back and the garlic wasn't there and I was like oh my god did you take so magical like it's so magical. Like probably someone <laughs> saw the garlic and clean it up. Like I don't know. But then Possum's dying of garlic poisoning. <laughs> Why are you all making mistakes like that? Um, but you know, I guess we all have to do. <laughs> but I want you to know that the path is littered with, you know, mistakes. And as long as you don't hurt yourself or someone else, yeah. it's okay. Just be mindful. Yeah. You know, uh, this is the big thing I always put, be mindful around pets, you know. Yeah, like, please. You know, be, be mindful around children, <laughs> um, you know, leaving stuff out. You know, Please don't stuff. poison the things you look after. That's right. <laughs> um, you know. But but other and including yourself, I mean, gosh, you know, like I, I've got some plants that I you know in the in the past you know I'm very careful with plants now but when I was learning I just put them in a pot you know and I keep them away from my animals of course I was really aware of that but I didn't think about wearing gloves myself no you know like why is my fingernail coming off you know ah you know skin is melting yeah yeah so I've become you know um, very careful around that Uh, trial and error yeah, trial and error. But, you know, look, I I want so much for everyone to have a better life. You mm-hmm. know, I can be useful in what I write. I mean, my number one word, it, it's a weird word, is useful. Yeah. Is this, is this book useful? You know, and how is it useful? You know, and, and I, because otherwise it's just a nice read and that's all yeah. good, you know. But I want people to have change from it. Yeah. I want people to be able to, especially women, busy women, I want, you know, you all to have a better life. I mm-hmm. want you to have more freedom. I want you to have, you know, in the, the the number 13 here is you impacting the world in a bigger, deeper way, right? The great circle, what we call it, the great work, right? Yep. And, you know, when you are going through, you know, well, my temple system anyway, you have to dedicate a great work right something that's beyond yourself it's not just for your family it's not just for your husband or you it's Mm. something that is going to take a little bit of sacrifice and some time and it's going to impact the community it's going to it's going to help you show your service Mm -hmm. so I would love that you know imagine if everyone who read this book ended up be doing a great work Mm amazing you've left the world in a better place yeah we changed the world bit by Mm -hmm. bit you know and it doesn't have to be this massive thing right it it can be this joyful thing Mm, I love that that's very powerful can I ask 
Yeah. Because you've got the little bow and arrow. Yes. Is that because you work with Artemis? Yes. yes. I love that. Is that your dedication yes, to her? She's a focus, right? Yeah, she's, she's a Arthur. hunter. Yeah, she's a hunter. She she focuses and also she was, um, you know, her cult was one that specialised in assisting girls and women. Mm-hmm. Very feminine aspect. So there are no men working in in that particular temple system. Is very very female orientated. I wanted to tell you because I know you work with her, and she is one who hasn't ever really like stayed with me for a long period of time. But I feel like she comes in when I need her the most. Yes. And I, when I had poet last year, his birth was like such a trauma party. Like the thing, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong like he was three weeks early I had COVID and I'd never had it before but I got it then like so many things were going wrong and he so he was due on the 1st of January and he ended up being born on the 12th of December when he was born he wasn't moving Mm -hmm. there was it was just everything was wrong. The midwife that I had was an absolute nightmare and she nearly caused both of us to basically die but he was born, he was healthy, I was healthy. And then I realized that he was meant to be a Capricorn, but he was then a Sagittarius. Mm -hmm. And when I went into the hospital, I like could just feel that Artemis was like right there, just like nothing will fucking go wrong. I am here. And so for me, like my love for her now is just so great because I'm like, yeah, she's not around all the time, but at least, you know, like when she is like hitting the fan, she is right there. Yeah. Well, she's in the ancient world. She was the goddess of midwives. She was the goddess of childbirth, as you know, the stories, you know, Um, she gave assistance to her mother as, as Leto was giving birth to her twin Apollo, right? Mm Mm-hmm. In in ancient Greece, young girls were were sort of dedicated to Artemis. So you know their athletic carnivals, their education, their um, sort of uh, ability to run free. You know, as young women, that was all Artemis. You know, yeah. there, there was um, you know at thirteen you you changed, right? You 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 could be dedicated to whoever you wanted, but as a young girl, that you know Artemis was was your protector. Yeah. So, um, and then again, when you were pregnant and giving birth, she was the one, you know, Mm -hmm. that the women would pray to, that, that, you know, all the offerings would be made to. So it's really interesting as, you know, she is not married herself, Mm -hmm. but she is the one looking after the women. Yeah, I love that. Just so beautiful. Yeah. Mm. Mythos is just so... um, like it is beautiful on so many levels, but it's also very feminist. Yeah, you know? like, yeah. Like she, she, you know, like she turns, you know, Acteon who's perving on her in the forest. You know, she gives him a chance. Don't look. You know, like I'm giving you a chance, but he keeps looking, keeps perving. Right. So you know, all right. Well, then there's there's justice that needs to happen. Yeah. Right? So there's. You know, there's all of these beautiful stories that come from being able to look after women or be with children and women, mm-hmm. but not have to go down that pathway yourself. 
which I really relate to. Um, yeah. Having children myself, mm-hmm. um, you know, being, although I'm married, but, you know, going and working with women and young women, in, you know, but but women of all ages. Yeah. Giving them strength and helping helping them along in you know whatever way I can mm-hmm. um, is the key to this. Absolutely, right? it's the key to this, right? So it's just a like in a way, some of this work is a great work for me. Right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. because it has a ripple effect. Hopefully, I mean otherwise, I so. <laughs> it's just a nice, it looks pretty on the shelf. It's a very pretty color. <laughs> I'm cool with that. <laughs> as now, we say, well, I'm not for everyone. <laughs> no one is. There's a no, lot of annoying it. people out there. Everyone. The quicker we work that out, the <laughs> Um, Now, I will ask because yes. I feel like this is something that I don't think enough people talk about because I feel like there is shame in it, especially in this day where it's very Instagram life. Everyone needs to be perfect and on it and, like, there's no issues ever. Everything is great. But I feel like spiritual burnout is a big thing. Something that I feel like I'm kind of going through as well, because for me, my work is my practice. I have it, you know, in like my business and a podcast, I write about it. I talk about it, but then I'm also expected to practice and then talk about what I practice. And now I'm kind of like, well, I don't have anything. I feel nothing. I feel completely empty. But if you say that, people will be like, oh, really? I've never felt that before. So guess what? Okay. So (laughs) I am so glad you brought this up. Okay. So I am someone who has always been a hard worker. Yeah. So I've I've been sort of brought up, you know, I've got a blue collar background. My family have been hard workers. And, you know, like I've always been self-motivated. I run my own business like you. Exactly. Our practice is part of what we it's are. It's our whole life. I am my business. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, no one else is going to write these books but me. Um, so, you know, um, at the moment I'm packing parcels, beautiful parcels for everybody, right? So, so you know, I am my business. For the first time in since I've written my first book, which is, you know, we're, we're getting on like 20 years, maybe 18 years, something like that. I'm actually taking a time in the next to, to the end of the year where I am not producing a manuscript, right? Where I'm not working. Mm-hmm. I'm stopping, mm-hmm. pausing, dark mooning. Yeah, right? dark mooning it. I'm, I'm dark mooning. <laughs> now, that when I first thought about it was kind of scary to me. So scary. Right? Because I'm, you know, it doesn't mean I'm not going to do anything. I've still got a business to run. I've still got, you know, I've got two decks that are due, that, that are not due, that are, I've got product. Mm. And I kind of have to kind of buy, you know, like this is the new two decks, but I'm not producing. Mm-hmm. Yeah? And I desperately need that time to refill the well. Yeah. Because it, I was feeling very burnt out. I was feeling like I was expected to just produce, produce, produce. When I told, you know, publishers, you know, other people that I have, you know, contracts with, that I'm 
you know, they're used to Stacey DeMarco going, oh, got this idea, blah, 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 blah. Mm. And they're used to going, oh, awesome. Sign a contract, sign a contract, sign a contract. Yeah. When I basically said I need some time, you could have heard, you know, a pin drop in a way. Yeah, because yeah. it's like, um, okay, yeah, all right. And then, the, you know, then the time whole, doesn't make money though. I'm all right. Mm. <laughs> but, you know, I felt like it wasn't that I didn't have ideas or I didn't have, I didn't feel empty or it wasn't like that. It was just bone tired, mate. Yeah. Just bone tired, right? And also <laughs> I want to have joy and play and I, when I write, I love to write. And mm-hmm. if I'm not feeling good about that, yeah, something inherently deeply skew if. Yeah. So I want, you know, like you said, you know, I feel like you're sitting next to me and we're having a conversation and it's fun and it is, it's, it's irreverent and that's the things I want in my book. Yeah. But if I'm not feeling that. Well, I yeah, that's missing. Press it, right? I don't, I, I won't. So, so I've decided I'm going to take that time, which gives me uh, some renewal time. Yeah. Gives me an ability to be able to rethink how I want to do things mm-hmm. because I have not, I can tell you there was moments in the last sort of six months where I've gone, you know, what? I don't think I want to do this anymore. Yeah. To be honest. That's what burnout will do. Yeah. I, I, I think I'll just keep my practice to myself. It's too hard. There's too many critics, you know, like I can honestly, I can, I can put a post up that's, you know, deliberately provocating you know which is <laughs> yeah. which is good because I want to start conversation but sometimes <laughs> I put a post up that says I like oranges and someone will just say you're you, what are you racist against apples? so you yeah you hate apples yeah so it's I just, hate these people I was like oh my god right so so it's it's kind of like all right I've got a really good sense of self I've got a really good sense mm-hmm. of like strength and I know who I am I don't I don't much care about what other people think of me, all that sort of stuff. I demonstrate that the principles in my book, that's all good, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're tired, if you've got other sort of um, needs that aren't being met, um, if you feel like, oh, my God, I'm slipping into not service but servitude. Yes. The lack of freedom. I'm very, freedom is a high value of mine. So if mm-hmm. I think that is being impinged in a big way, then I'm like, all right, something has to change here. Yeah. So for the first time in kind of 20 years, um, I'm stopping. Wow. Right? And I will pick it up, you know, next year I'll pick it up. But I am, I'm having a little break. You know, in pretty- isn't that crazy how that's a big deal now for people to stop where that would just be normal once upon a time people go of course you're taking a break where yeah. now it's like oh, you're taking a break yeah or oh, what's wrong <laughs> are you dying what 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 did you what's wrong and 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 there's a lot of questions around it yeah you know like um I you know like I I think it's very important that we have no as a full sentence it is there's an no. exclamation mark Thank after you, it no mm. <laughs> you know um so <clears throat> i knew i felt anxious that i would have to tell people you're just gonna have to wait six months before 
I kind of give, I decide what I'm going to, or what, what's wrong. Well, nothing's really wrong um, other than, you know, I, I've had an injured shoulder for, you know, as well. And I want to, I want to really concentrate on my rehab with that. So, you know, I, I, I need that time, but also mainly it's, I've done nothing but produce. Yeah. I'm a human, I really not a machine. Yeah. Yeah. And I love it. And all of this, but I'm not a machine. I'm not a machine, you know, like I'm a human being mm. um, and it's not, and that's not the only thing I do, you know, like I yeah. think that takes a lot out of it. You know. So I'll continue during that time to teach because I have commitments there and, you know, I'm, I'm happy to do that. That's awesome. But the big cycle of researching and writing and producing is going to stop for six months. What are you going to do then to replace it? Are you, what are you going to do to fill up the cup? Uh, I think um, I've got summer coming, baby. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> going to go for a swim. I'm going to, yes. uh, I'm going to just play a little bit. Um, I, I don't know. Like this is, this is the joyful I don't know, right? And I always know, right? I'm always like, here's the thing I'm going to do, right? Yeah. So having this joyful I don't know right now, yeah. uh, that's good. And I've got, you know, things I want to catch up on doing, you know, like there's all these little jobs. I'm sure you've got all these jobs yeah. that, that you want, you haven't had a chance of doing. And But having no know, time pressure to do them is oh such a God. good thing. Yeah, like. You know, I, I I need to open my hive and, and uh, check my bees on the weekend. You know, I haven't had a chance to do that. Harvest some honey, maybe. Um, you know, so there's all these little jobs that I've had to put up, you know, um, because it's been a very intense period, um, you know, professionally. So, you know, this garden. Yeah. Oh, my God, I want a garden. I haven't had a chance of, you know, like a nice week in the garden would be fantastic. Yeah. I haven't done a whole week. I've done, you know, a weekend or a day or whatever. But I've got all these planting I want to do. And, you know, like I have other art I like to do and I have not been able to do any of that because I've been so busy producing. Yeah. So, um. I'm excited to take my own advice. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I think doing stuff like that, because people will say, like, what am I supposed to do if I'm not doing my practice? I'm like, well, to me, like, one of my biggest things I love to do that fills me up is I love reading. Yeah. And I'm like, to me, just because I'm not, like, doing any magic, reading gives yeah. me that same feeling that yeah. I get. And so just because one is on pause it means that you're allowing other avenues to feed you in that way as well that are fresher and have more energy in it so that when you go back, that flows nicely as well. Because at the moment it's clunky where the others are fresh. Yeah. And <clears throat> magic, your practice, if you're pagan, you can do it anywhere. You know, yeah. like the, the summer's coming. I'll go down the beach. Go for a swim. I'll go for a swim. I can turn that into ritual if I want. Just I soak up the sun. I can turn a run in the forest, which, you know, I do anyway, into a meditation to Artemis. Yeah. Those things are the things that fill me up. It's not, look, the one of the hardest things for me in the last couple of months has been, you know, doing, finishing things and, you know, completing manuscripts and that sort of thing and not being able to go outside. You yes. know, I can, I can go outside for an hour or whatever, but I, I've got a very strict schedule. I'm a, you know. You want freedom. I want to be able to go, I don't know what I'm going to do today. <laughs> <laughs> I love those like, days. Wow. Oh, 
you know, having, not having um, sort of a list of things I have to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I feel like um, I've, I've, I mean, I've still got, like I said, I don't want people to think I'm not doing anything. I'm still running things. I'm still teaching. Just being lazy. <laughs> you know, I'm just lining her up. That'd be great. <laughs> I, you know, you can't just stop. Like, well, I, I, I've no. got businesses set up. I can't. But, but this is less, right? And this less, this pause enables me to just, like you're saying, fill the well, right? And not just fill the well, fill it over, like let it, let it overflowing, fill it, right? Until I'm like, ooh, I really have the urge that I want to create this cool thing, yeah. Right? And right now, I don't have that. And I'm not scared of that. That's a good thing that I've I've got everything out there that I need out there. You know, like I've got these two beautiful decks that are coming that have already, you know, been done. They, they come out for Christmas. And I've got this new manuscript that I've put in, which will be next year. Um, and I'll tell you, it's the it's called Queen of the Sun and it's the companion deck to Queen of the Moon. Ooh. Yeah, all the solar stuff. I love solar energy, like solar oh, magic. So God, cozy and yummy. Yeah. So everyone's mm. kind of like moon, 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 moon. I'm like, no. Hang on a minute. As a Leo, I soak yeah. up the sun. Yeah. So like, you'll love this deck. It's all yeah. Yes. Like, beautiful, right? <laughs> so, like King is doing, you know, like the cover is is we're working on the cover it's going to be absolutely beautiful so <sighs> queen of the moon was very silver and you know great so magical and beautiful yeah, so this one's gold right so i love this, it yeah so like that's going to be amazing and i so enjoy writing that because i love the, the solar gods and goddesses are so interesting to write about um but and the solar cycle itself is interesting mm-hmm. the the it was a good one to kind of put a pin in and go, okay, that's it for the next little while. Yeah. That's it. I'm done. And now I'm going to renew and have some time where. And to breathe a bit. Oh my God. What do I want to write about? Like what mm-hmm. do I want to create in joy, you know, and magic and play and you know, so I, I, this burnout thing, mate, it's, it's real. Yeah. Anyone out there who is experiencing this in any way, it doesn't have to be just magical burnout, no. but burnout in any aspect, you need to stop. Absolutely. But you need to stop and observe what's going on, you know, lighten your load, you know, most of us can't just stop, stop. And like mm. I said, stop stopping, you know, I'm just lessening aspects and then, when you get your strength back, when you get your mojo back, then, you know, and it's really important that people understand this is not um, weakness. No, weakness is, I mean, it's strength to be able to let yourself do that. Like it's strength to stop and go, I'm going to stop and consolidate for a minute, right? That takes some kind of guts, right? Yeah. It's a really wise thing to do. Now I'm sort of, on the other side of the decision, you know, like um, I'm feeling like you're like, <laughs> well done, flex. You did Absolutely. The right but when I was considering it, I was like, oh, geez, I don't, I don't know if I can do that. You know, like it's I, always scary before you do something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm really, really happy. That's so, so good. 
Yeah. All right. Before we let you go, yeah. I have the five questions at the end that I have changed because you've already answered them. All right. <laughs> All right. Here we go. What book are you reading at the moment? Oh, um, okay. So I'm going to be really boring. I'm reading, <laughs> um, I'm reading um, Dr. Peter Attia's Outlive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're like, oh, my God. That's <laughs> so everyone should read this book. Yeah. Longevity. Okay. Mm. So it's a nonfiction book by a, a very amazing doctor uh, or, who specialises in longevity. And it talks about how you can not just have a longer lifespan because that's all good, but have a longer health span, right? So the the idea of yes, you know, something we need to research. cherish. It's all the things I like. So it's all the mm-hmm. latest medical information, the latest research. It's it's this fat. Um, yeah, it's very good. Cool. <laughs> uh, what is a movie you have watched lately that you can really recommend? Gosh, I've seen so many bad movies. <laughs> oh my god! Um, can I give you one that I've rewatched? Yeah, I rewatched Arrival the other day. Oh, ah, oh. Jeremy Rayner and is that the I- Alien one? Yeah, that was yeah, good. Linguistics. And, yes, I you know, like, like that. Yeah, yeah, Amy Adams. Yes, I um, love Amy it's, Adams. It's the best. Yeah, it's the best. Alien movie besides Alien, of course. Yeah. Out there. So I, yes. I watched that and it, it was one of those nice comforting movies. Yeah, really good movie. I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, what is a place you want to visit next? Oh, this is hard. This is I know, I thought it would be. <laughs> There's so many places I want to visit next. Gosh, um, I feel like I've done so much ice and snow. Yeah that I need to probably balance it up. You need to warm up a bit. So I haven't been to Vietnam. Oh, we want to go there really bad. Yeah, Mm. so I thought I'd like to go to Vietnam and kind of, you know, disappear. Eat their (laughs) food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And eat good food and get some sun and go into the forest and, yeah. Nice. That's a good one. Uh, So if you could go forward in time, or backwards in time, yeah. where would you go? Ooh. See, everyone thinks that it, it's so cool to go backwards in time because you've got, you've got, you know, this stereotype idea everything was better. So I, I actually don't, <laughs> you know, because like no antibiotics. Um, yeah, I like living. Yeah, yeah, I like. <laughs> Yeah, there's no plague. I like that. Um, so for a really short period of time, yeah. I would like to go back to kind of Louis the 13th, 14th. Yeah. And check out Versailles and wear a very amazing dress. Be extra. And be extra because I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I'm so not that. Yeah. Uh, but I have a really great love for French history and French art. Yeah. So um, I think I would like to go then and yeah. see Versailles come to life. And, you know, I know they used to like wee in the corners and do that sort of thing. 
that was fun. <laughs> kind of bad. Um, but I I think that would be fun for a week or so. And then yeah. I could come back before I got the plague or something. Yeah. Or beheaded. Whatever. Yeah. Well, <laughs> one would hope one didn't get beheaded. Like, you know, yeah. Like I I love the idea of um because Versailles had this incredible um riding forest, like you ride horses. Yes, yeah. So and you know, the French, here's here's sorry, I, here's my craziness. I know all about French like, <laughs> Olympics coming because I've got friends that <laughs> French equestrians. They're opening Versailles, Ooh. all the gardens in Versailles, to do the equestrian events. Oh, that'd be so beautiful. Oh my god, like amazing. So I would probably like to ride the king's forest yeah at that time that'd be beautiful that'd be amazing in that dress and yeah Yeah, I think that's the thing if you're going to travel back in time you'd want to be really rich because no matter what time (laughs) you go to if you're poor you're in big trouble (laughs) yeah I yeah I look I love the idea of being kind of you know like uh, I don't really like class structure but there is if you're going to go back you want to be rich, time, uh, <laughs> rich and powerful. So getting your head chopped off time, so guillotine. As long as you're not there for that, yeah, you're going to be all right. Yeah, yeah, agreed. <laughs> all right, last question: What is your perfect day? Oh, one that I have no plans. Yeah, at the, this is this is just one of the ones coming up. Idea. <laughs> Um, but I can be out in nature wherever that is, like yep. whether I'm snow, you know, beach, whatever. Um, that I can be with people I love. Um, that I can be with my dogs and yep. cats, and you know, ha- have an aspect of that. Um, and that I can learn something new. Like one of the great joys of my life is continual learning. Yeah. And I'm one thing I really like about myself is I don't have an ego about beginner's mind. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't care about starting from the beginning with things. You know, I might get really frustrated once I get to mm. a plateaued, but but learning something new is oh, great joy. You know, so I love I that. Continue doing that as I age. You know, as I become a. 111 year old. <laughs> I have no doubt. That's the oldest woman in Australia right now is 111. I reckon so, you could beat that. Well, did you see? I don't know if you guys saw um, Miss 111. She credits her longevity to going to the gym three times a week. Because it's mind over matter. Wow. Keep your body strong. Yeah. Yeah. And then you might, as long as your mind is okay, it's all mm. good. All right. So, I kind Good of like her. her standing there with her dumbbells. And yeah. her. <laughs> Don't mess with me. Super inspiring. So yeah. cool. There's no excuse then, is there? No, look at it go. You know, like, <laughs> wow. You know, like I showed it to my mother who's in her late 80s and she's like, yeah, yeah, I've got my kettlebells. I'm on my It's all good. Well, thank you so much for being here. Oh, um, everyone needs to go and get your book because we got to have that ripple effect happening. Everyone's got to go and put some greatness out there and also look out for all your decks that are coming out. I saw a picture of one of them and they just are so beautiful. Oh, look, there, there's two coming out. Um, it's the, There's one that is new for me, mm-hmm. a children's deck, um, and it's called Wishcraft. Oh. And in 
got like the illustrator. It's so beautiful. Like there's an like a rainbow fox on the cover. Like yeah, oh, my daughter will love that. Oh well, I'll send you. She'll she'll so love I it. She's so if I get a copy. Of <laughs> it's beautiful, just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And the other one is uh, the Oracle of the Universe, and it's all the constellations <gasps> and yes. it's all the um, nebula um, and stars, and it's kind of a cross between astronomy and astrology oh beautiful like it's it's kinga has done the most beautiful job like we we got some images like that are kind of tele from the telescopes wow she has oh just done this incredible work on them so if you're into the zodiac for example there's all the story the mythos of the zodiac it's that sounds absolutely beautiful so yeah and also, everyone needs to go and buy your amazing diary. Oh, you got to yes. do it. I've got your 2023 one right here as well. Oh, great. Saves my life. Well, the new one, hang on. I've got, I should have one on the table here. Hang on a minute. Hang, hang on. There we go. So the, the new one, that's the new one. You do a good job. Well, uh, look, the designers, you know, Kinga does beautiful design. The it's so nice. But it's so funny, like, you know, like this is sort of a menagerie of all different animals. You know, there's there's a sun bear and, you know, toucan and cheetahs. And, I love know, it. It's so cool. Yeah, the very first time we did that, like these crazy kind of, you know, you never find all those animals together. <laughs> when we first did it, the first time we started putting animals in, we got letters from people going, look, it's a really beautiful colour. <sighs> But you do know that that's unrealistic, right? Go away. <laughs> it's like you try. <laughs> you know it's a diary, right? Like it's not real. It's a diary. <laughs> <laughs> but now everyone's used to it. So thank you for your patience. Yeah, it's so beautiful. Thank well, thank you again for being here. Everyone needs to go and check out Stacey. She's just good at everything. Oh, and you, and thank you. Thank you for showing everyone your magic oh thank you it's so important that people have role models out there and of different kinds of of magic and you know what you're doing is really important so thank Thank you. you thank you very much well, we will hopefully see you again for another episode. Oh, thank you. Come back anytime you like. <laughs> thank you so much. All right. See you later. 